I think this morning we're going to make Cindy an honorary Hebrew because she did so well with all those words in her scripture. That was amazing. This morning we continue in Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Uh, we've been in this letter for a number of weeks and I think there's so much that we can learn from it. Uh, we are in the last chapter of the first letter this morning, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, Paul writes, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. You are not of the night or of darkness. So then let's not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. See, Paul tells us that the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And just in case we don't want to just take Paul's word for it, in 2 Peter 3.10, Peter tells us, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. And if Peter and Paul aren't enough, John had a vision in Revelation 16 and he said, behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. That's where the expression caught with your pants down comes from. <laughs> and if those three aren't enough, Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 24, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. So with all this foreknowledge that the Lord's coming will be as sudden as a thief in the night, there should be no surprise to any of us as believers. But for those who aren't ready, Paul says, that when we think everything is peaceful and secure, suddenly he will appear and there will be no escape for the unprepared. 
no escape for the unprepared. Paul spends a lot of time and effort on this idea of preparedness. He doesn't want any of us to be caught napping, to be caught unaware. And so he pleads to us two simple pleas. Stay awake and stay sober. Here's what he says in plain English. He says, I don't think, friends, that I need to deal with the question of when all this is going to happen. Not so much concerned about when. You know as well as I that the day of the master's coming can't be posted on a calendar. He won't call ahead. He won't make an appointment any more than a burglar would. And about the time that everybody's walking around complacently congratulating each other, we've sure got it made. Now we can take it easy. Suddenly everything will fall apart. It's going to come as suddenly and inescapably as birth pangs to a pregnant woman. But Paul continues, but friends, you're not in the dark. So how could you be taken off guard by any of this? You are sons of light, daughters of the day. We live under wide open skies and we know where we stand. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's keep our eyes open. Let's be smart. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us. Since we're creatures of day, let's act like it. Walk out into the daylight, sober, dressed up in faith love and the hope of salvation that's pretty plain isn't it god didn't set us up for an angry rejection but for salvation by our master jesus christ jesus christ who died for us a death that triggered life whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead we're alive with him so speak encouraging words to one another is what Paul is saying. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out. Nobody left behind. And then he says, I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. Sometimes we need encouragement for the things we're doing right, don't we? So if Paul tells us that he wants us to stay awake and stay sober, how do we stay awake? See, he isn't saying that we have to stay up all night, every night, keeping watch. Okay, it's not a physical awakeness that he's talking about. What he's saying is that we have to be mentally and spiritually awake and alive in Christ. Staying awake and alive in Christ means staying on your spiritual game daily. Reading. Studying your Bible, attending church and Bible study regularly, being a part of the fellowship and the life of the church, being a part of the body of Christ, staying engaged in your faith community, not allowing anything, and I mean anything, to take you out of the regular fellowship and communion of your community of faith. When we allow the pulls and the distractions of the world to take us away from community worship, communion, fellowship, Bible study, 
service to the community, to our neighbors in needs, when we allow the world to pull us out of church for a, an extended period of time, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm going to go on vacation to see grandma or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being pulled out of the church for an extended period of time for really no good reason. That's a judgment call. I know that. When we do that, we run the risk of having our senses dulled. Our priorities get hijacked. Our communion and our communication are cut off. See, we're called to be Christians in community and in communion, period. There is no, oh, I can worship God on my own. We're not built that way. Where's the accountability? Where's the fellowship? Anything else but community and communion is liable to lull us into sleep, into this false sense of security that Paul was talking about, where we think that all is right in the world in which we exist. And that, my friends, is a lie from the pit of hell. The powers and the principalities of this dark world want you to feel safe and secure and complacent. They want you to be distracted. They want you to separate yourself from the flock so that they can devour you like a wolf. They want to cull you from the safety and the fellowship and the communion of the herd just like a gazelle. And then spring on you and destroy you like a hungry lion. The Bible says that the devil walks the earth looking for those whom he can devour. So we have to stay awake. We have to stay alert. We have to stay focused. And most of all, we have to stay connected and involved with our community of faith. The second thing he asks us to do is to stay sober. Now, he's not talking about us abstaining from the consumption of alcohol to the point of drunkenness. That's not what he's talking about. He's warning us not to allow those distractions in the world to dull our senses, to steal our wits, to depress our souls. Alcohol is a depressant. The world can function as a depressant. What kinds of things in this world dull our mental awareness? What kinds of things in this world trend us toward foolishness? What kinds of things in this fallen, broken world depress our souls? I guess the question is, what drink, what drug... Are you addicted to that affects you in that way? What addiction do you struggle with that takes you out of the life of the church, out of the fellowship of believers, and then wears on you little by little, gradually taking over your conscious thoughts, redirecting your worship time to other activities, intercepting your time studying God's word, and causing you to do things that are far less healing, far less constructive, far less creative, 
far less than you were created and purposed for. What is your drug, what is your addiction of choice that has taken you out of the life that God has purposed for you? Because addiction is something we all struggle with. All of us are addicts when we look for our satisfaction from anything other than what is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. You recognize that? Paul in Philippians 4.8. These are the things that we're supposed to focus on. Whenever we focus on something else to gain satisfaction from it, other than things that are of God, we are addicted. We have to find our sobriety in the things, as Paul mentions here in Philippians 4.8. Because it is in these things that the peace of God, Paul says, will be with us. So what I'm talking about here this morning, what Paul's talking about to the Thessalonians, he's also talking to the countrysidians. He's saying, rededicate yourself this morning. He wants to encourage us to make a new commitment this coming Advent season. And it's right around the corner, isn't it? Since we know that Advent is about getting ready for the coming of the Lord, let's all rededicate ourselves to this community of faith. Now you're thinking, Pastor, I'm sitting here in the chair. I know that. The fellowship of believers that we practice here, worshiping together, worshiping our God here in this holy place. If you're here this morning, then you're probably one who is almost always here on Sunday. If you're a regular Sunday attender, if you're here, I want you to prayerfully consider encouraging your unchurched neighbors and friends to join you here one Sunday. Encourage those that we haven't seen in a while to rededicate themselves to regular attendance and let them know above all else that when they aren't here, they are missed just as if a part of our own body is missing because truly this is the body of Christ and we need all of our members just like we need all our fingers our toes arms legs etc I want you to consider if you're a regular attendee in this community of faith Consider engaging in this church in a way that you have never done before or at least 
in a way that you haven't done recently. Come to Wednesday night Bible study. Participate in the prayer ministry. Be a presence at the food pantry distribution to visit with the people who come in. Even if you can't lift a box, you can certainly lift some spirits. Be present in a way that causes you to engage more deeply in your community of faith. See, I want for all of us a healing from our addictions. A healing by turning away from those things that keep us from the life of the church and turning to a new dedication to the life of this body of Christ, life that only exists when we are in him, when we abide in him, when we're about him, when we are for him, recommit to that level, that depth of involvement in your community of faith. It's that important that you come and be a part of the life of the church so that you are equipped to go out there and engage with those who still need Jesus, need a relationship with him. Because as we enter the Advent season, we know that Jesus is coming just as he came the first time in the first advent the promise is that he will come again and if you look at his track record he's never failed us yet we have no reason to believe that he won't keep his word about coming back again and when he comes we have to be ready because if we're not, those that are not will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. There is an eternity. And how you stand with Jesus determines where you spend it. Let's all enter into life together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.